0: Coming to you from the Black Swamp Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. All right, it is Tuesday,
1: Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. It is a great day, I guess you can say. I don't know if it is or not for you. I'm not sure if it is or not for me, but it is what it is. We are brought to you by Tusk. Tusk is the only crypto uh, gun-friendly cryptocurrency on the market, and let's learn about Tusk right now.
0: Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For Gun Guys, buy Gun Guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution
1: and of course we're sponsored by black swan tactical because guess what i own the company
0: swan tactical your number one source for 2a streetwear with shirts mugs hats patches flags and more there's always something to help you rep the 2a community all proceeds go back into our projects viewers and listeners can take an additional 10 percent off with code crumpy unapologetically pro-gun pro-liberty and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war
1: remember you can always take 10% off by using code crumpy at checkout and I have a patreon on patreon.com slash John Crump and I have a membership buttons on this YouTube page. I see Joe drag out there. Joe drag is a member of my uh, YouTube militia here. You can join up and become a member of the YouTube militia too by just hitting that join button. You have many different options. Okay, with that said, there's a guy that I've been trying to get on the show for a long time, but, um, apparently he doesn't like me too much because he doesn't, never comes on. And, you know, I don't know why. He just gives me a hard time. But, <laughs> but he is a firearms instructor and also, um, He runs something called Scorched Earth, and I'm going to bring him on. I want to find out about that title and stuff like that. Scorched Earth Firearms Training. His name is Mr. Rod Mills.
2: What is up, Rob? Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon. Thank you. Why have you been avoiding me so much? Hey, John, you know, um, I get stage fright whenever I'm near you, so, Um. you know, I... I had to drink a bottle of vodka and come on here and now I'm just teasing. <laughs> my, my,
1: my, my big fame, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some Jack Daniels, you know, actually I'm not even a drinker, but, uh, you know, I, I play one in a, uh, in a television sit, sit, sitcom, so. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Hey, look what I made.
1: Uh, if you can't see it on the audio only podcast, it's a headphone stand that has the oh. Mandalorian symbol and it says, this is the way.
2: Oh, Cool, nice, nice. 3D printers,
1: you made it yourself. Yeah, 3D printers are not just for guns, people.
2: Uh, okay, a la Rob Pincus. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been <laughs> I've been into the 3D printing scene for about five years now.
2: Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I actually have multiple 3D printers going on in the room next to us, but uh, none of that has to do with guns.
2: Oh, okay. I got you. You're just doing um, stuff for the house, huh?
1: Uh, and my kid, my kid. He wants these little Among Us characters. So he mm-hmm. wants them so you can take them apart, and they have like the little guts inside in the bone. And I don't know, some video game. So I'm wow. making them like twelve Among Us characters uh, with like that like, you can take apart. They separate and they have different parts inside of them, stuff like that.
2: <laughs> so you're like um, an in-house Santa Claus, pretty much, huh?
1: Yeah, he what he thinks up, I make.
2: Oh, man, that's cool. I wish I had something like that when I was a
1: kid. Yeah, so he's like, I want a toy that does this or looks like this. And then we will draw it up on the computer, mark it up on the computer, then make it. Yeah. He's a seven-year-old programmer, too, so he's been programming video games.
2: Wow. Just think, when I was seven years old, man, I had an Atari Pac-Man and he would go hump 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 hump, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh I thought that was like uh the best thing because before now John, you're you're a lot younger than me. I'm fifty.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not a lot younger than you. I'm like <laughs> five years younger than you.
2: Oh, okay, okay. So you, you remember the uh video arcades? Oh hell yeah I do. okay, yeah. And having to spend having a whole have having to have to a, have a, a lot of quarters to go in there and spend money you know, to play the video game. Yeah, you know.
1: used to have to put your quarter on the machine if you wanted next.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, hey, you put your quarter right there, hey, whoever, best man wins, the next is up. So, you know,
1: Yeah. that was pretty
2: cool then.
1: Yeah, yeah. we had a place called Tilt.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we had one too.
1: Yeah, the video yeah. game arcade. Uh, and- yeah. There was a few other places that had video games in there and we would all go hang out at the video game arcade. Uh my favorite game uh from the early 80s was Qbert.
2: Qbert. I didn't like Qbert. That's the one that had the long nose these Yeah, show, right?
1: Jeff, you had to yeah. like, go up the pyramid and
2: Yeah. I think uh uh Galaga was my my favorite.
1: Gallica is a class. Actually, I got a Gallica <laughs> like uh like an uh, original uh original restored uh cabinet with wow. the original boards that still work. Wow. Like wow. uh not too far it's just white right, right over there. I got my I got a <laughs> I have a I have a little arcade with like all the original machines. hmm mm-hmm. So uh I, I got a arcade You know, know, just think
2: some kid in his twenties is listening to this. And say, man, these guys are like dinosaurs. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know, man.
1: I know, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. I still, I still play video games. Still, so.
2: <laughs> you know, I got beat um, by a friend of mine in um, John Madden about uh, 15 years ago. He uh, played for the uh, Tennessee Titans, and uh, he beat me like 100 and something to zero. And I officially retired at that time. I mean. This guy, he was a, a star in the NFL linebacker, and he was, you know, he was actually putting his defense to, like, dominate my offense. I couldn't get past the, the 30-yard line on thing unless I threw, like, a Hail Mary and caught it by luck. Yeah. And uh, I, thought I, I thought I was pretty cool, a good player back then. But, you know, when you're dealing with an NFL linebacker and he knows all different types of uh, uh, defensive schemes, uh, I wasn't able to do anything.
1: Yeah, the, we have a local high school here, and talking about, like, a blowout. Uh, they won their last game, which is, like, the regional, some state finals, or whatever. Like, 86 mm-hmm. to 6.
2: Wow. <laughs> <At what> point, <laughs> Don't they have a mercy I rule?
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. At what point do you at <laughs> least stop trying?
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of humiliating there. Yeah, 86 to 6. 86 to 6.
1: Wow. They scored a touchdown, and... Uh, The other team scored a touchdown, and they had their extra point blocked.
2: What I want to know was, were their uh, parents still watching them get their butt beat in the stands?
1: I have no idea.
2: (laughs) I would have told my kid, I would have sent him a text, say, hey, I left at halftime. I'll come to pick you up after the game. Talking
1: about (laughs) football, you used to be involved with the NFL, right?
2: Yeah, I was a... Uh, PR rep uh, for the Jaguar Jacksonville Jaguars for 13 years. So, yeah, I was uh, pretty much, basically what I, my job was to, um, during the game, I didn't really do much, but, you know, I had to stay in tune with uh, what stars, what players actually uh, were statistically uh, beneficial for me to interview at the end of the game. So at the end of the game, I would go down to the locker room, uh, and interview, you know, the home team because I was working with the home, you know, I worked for the home team. So uh, I would give interviews for about maybe six, seven different players. Uh, and then at that point, we would have to go and transcribe those intervie- interviews. And then we would have to upload those interviews to uh, a particular web page that only, you um, You know, uh, reporters like ESPN, anybody around the world, they would take my interview and then pretty much it's like legal plagiarism. They would input it into their article, but I would be the one that would be actually interviewing because you got to understand that not every network is going to have somebody go to every single football game. It's not feasible for them to do that. So they get guys like me, PR reps, to interview. And then they say, you know, they'll do their story. And then the little quotes that they that I would get from the actual uh, player, they would input that information into their story. And then, voila, you go to ESPN.com, and there it is. Or the Sport Network or ProTalk, uh, ProFootballTalk.com. There it is right there waiting on you. Uh,
1: you know a guy named Charlie Kesterly?
2: I know Charlie. I don't know him personally, but I know him, you know, you know, as being a former GM and now he's a uh, NFL insider.
1: Yeah, he his uh, sister is married to my uncle. Oh, okay, cool. And my other uncle who's passed away, um, who's a lot older than, than my other uncle, married his mom.
2: Oh, okay, got you. So I guess right. he's like right. a
1: step-cousin or something like that of mine.
2: Step-cousin, all right, got you. I don't know, I, ne- like I never met him, though. Out of all the, the people in the industry that I've met over those 13 years, I never met Charlie Cashman.
1: It, it's a cool guy. Uh, one, one interesting fact he lives kind of near me is the studio where he broadcast out of is actually his basement.
2: Oh, wow. They send okay. the people to him. Okay. So okay. he has all, like, it looks like an NFL studio. You know, Ian, Ian Rappaport does that same thing, though. Uh, he's a uh, NFL uh, insider. And um, he they had a, uh, you know, they showed the behind-the-scenes set. And he's like, I don't know if he's in a basement, but he's in a room in his home. And, you know, he's sitting there with shorts on, but he's got like, you know, uh, a jacket, tie, shirt, you know, all of that, you know, as if he were had a full suit on. But he's got like shorts on right now, you know, at that point. And I'm like, wow. And then he had the, the camera that moves with you like this. That you know, some kind of the weird tracking. camera that they had. Yeah, yeah. tracking camera. Yeah, 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 so yeah, it's pretty cool though. You 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 meet a lot of people, a lot of famous people, uh, being in the uh, you know in my position. What I did, you know, you know, a lot of things that I, I I'm still actually bound that I can't discuss. Uh, things that I may have seen. Uh, but it is it's it's a little bit totally different uh, f- from my perspective then versus a fan's perspective. Yeah, uh, you know.
1: uh, uh MK Joe, says, uh, do you remember when, when they were all paintball machines? I guess that was the arcade yeah. thing. I do not. I'm not that old.
2: No, I do remember the pinball machines.
1: I do, but uh, I don't remember they're all
2: pinball machines. You know, they have some place. I think down here in Florida where a guy, you know, in Orlando, um, they have a uh, it's a I can't think of it. It's a converted mall and um, they have all of the retro pinball machines in there. They got like over a hundred. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I never was a big pinball machine guy. Uh, But, you know, I do remember playing them as a kid.
1: So you weren't a pinball wizard like Tommy? No. You know, no. from the Who Song?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I wasn't a pinball, a big pinball guy, All you right. know. Let's get into Scorched Star's
1: Firearms because this is kind of a firearm show and we've been the you know talking about football and <laughs> and pinball machines and video games. All right. Uh by the way, um DC Mega Boost says, What's up, Rod Mills?
2: What's up, DC? What's up, my homie?
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let, let me ask you: How'd you name your company?
2: Uh, you know what? Uh, Score Earth is is basically um, a military theory. I'm prime military. I'm uh, I'm a prime um, uh, National Guard soldier in Alabama. Um, I was a military police officer, and Scorch Earth basically is when you. Dominate, or you are have superior mi- military uh, skills over your enemy, and what you do is you take all of their resources uh, away from them. Meaning, like, uh, let's say if um I let's say if America invaded, let's say Germany, okay, all right, so they would take all of their uh, resources, meaning that. They, they wouldn't use, sometimes they would use some of their resources, uh, like the German. When you think of Germany, you think of machinery, you think of uh, quality work on um, automobiles, planes, military. You know, what they would, you know, a score sure theory, you would actually destroy all of that. You would destroy their, basically their will to exist and survive. And at that point, anybody that you didn't kill would die anyway because they would have no way to survive. Uh, So, But Scorched Earth also is, that's just one part of it. Uh, The next, the uh, golden pistols that I have crossing is actually goes back to my military police days. Uh, With the military police uh, badge, they have cross pistols. Those are those little musket uh, pistols uh, that they would carry back in the day. Uh, those, if you ever look at an MP insignia, you'll see the cross pistols. So that's where that came from. Now, the color of my um, company, which is um, like an old gold, white, and black, those are my college colors. I went to Alabama State University up in Alabama, Wow, you Alabama. put a lot of thought into this. I did. I did. I had a lot of time because I kept procrastinating, you know, starting my company. Uh, You know, I actually theoretically I started back in 2016, but I didn't get my logo and all of that until last year. And you'd be surprised that I was sitting in my office here uh, and we had, you know, COVID had just started taking over. And I had a lot of idle time on my hands. So it gave me time to say, hey, you know what? This is the time for me to go ahead and do all the things that I wanted to do to get my company up and running right. So I went ahead and got a, a graphic designer to uh, to design uh, my logo. Um, I went and got, um, you know, my tax ID number, all my business information. I went ahead and did all of that. Also, I went and did the uh The website the website. Uh, scorcherfarmstraining.com I uh, got my website done uh, I even went ahead and uh, uh, instituted the uh, Instagram page because I was totally against Instagram um, I just thought it was just dumb but when I got my company up and running I said you know what let's go ahead and um, start up an Instagram page and the rest is history man it's like um, you know, I, I've had some ups and downs in it uh, one thing that you do know, you learn as a self-employed business owner that you work longer than you did when you actually work for somebody oh, yeah. and you work harder. Yeah. And especially if you want your business to be successful. So for me, um, seven days a week, I've been. Last weekend, well, no, I'm going to say a month ago, uh, I actually have been working every single weekend since last year. And that's like a record because of the fact that so many people are coming to me for training. Uh, They know the quality of training that I provide. And they also know that, hey, you know what? Um, I'm a good guy. Being an instructor, you have to be a psychiatrist. You have to be a motivator. You have to be a firearms expert. You have to have all of that in one, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean that is one of the things um, that you have to that you do realize when you run your own business uh, it's a that's, that's a lot of damn work.
2: It is a lot of work. A lot of work.
1: People always say, "Why does uh, why does the business owner get most of the money when the workers are actually doing most of the work?" It's like those are people who've <laughs> never owned a business.
2: Yeah, exactly. And most businesses are going to normally fail within the first two to three years. Oh yeah. You know, you got to put at least starting off, you got to put at least 50 percent back into your business. If you want to see it grow, it'll never grow if you don't.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely that. That is definitely true. Um, I want to ask your opinion, since you are a firearms instructor. Uh, Texas is about to go to constitutional carry. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a group of firearms instructors down in Texas that teach the uh, license to carry class. Mm-hmm. They're called LTC instructors, license to yeah. carry instructors. Mm-hmm. They are actively petitioning and uh, lobbying against concealed carry.
2: Yeah, they're about to lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Of that? I mean, you know, it's a double edged sword. You know, hey, I would say this, you know, if one door closes, open up another door, um, you, that's when you say, Hey, you guys got your uh, license. Now you need to know how to shoot. Okay. And that's what I tell all of my clientele. I say, Hey, if you're going to come and get your concealed weapons license, it is highly quote unquote recommended that you take my basic pistol introduction class. And they're like, Why? And, you know, I let them know that, hey, you you don't know jack, you know, when you just if you haven't been instructed by a professional, you know, yeah, anybody can go to a a gun range and shoot, uh, pull a trigger and shoot ammo. But you want to make sure that you are doing things a safe way. Now, keep in mind, firearms instructors just don't teach you how to shoot. They gun safety, um, you know the best fire instructors are first going to tell you teach gun safety. In in my class, safety comes first before anything. You know, I tell people, hey, we're going to have fun. You know, we're going to get a good workout in, but we're going to be safe. If we can't be safe, none of the other stuff will exist, okay?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I've actually read studies where it says that uh, firearms classes don't take that big of a hit when states go to constitutional carry which was surprising to me
2: Mm -hmm. well i mean i thought about what if florida became constitutional carry i said hey you know what that means that hey i will no longer be able to you know do um you know a concealed because we call it a concealed weapon ccw class here all right so i would be like hey you know what I can't do a concealed weapons class anymore, but that has nothing to do with my uh, potential uh, or earnings potential to be able to gain clientele out on the range. Because, you know what I mean? Anybody can can say or do certain things. Most of my people come to me. They come to me because of the fact that they either, one, they want to learn how to protect themselves. Two, they bought a gun about two or three years ago threw it in the closet, never touched it, and say, hey, and they got scared of everything that's been going on in the United States. And they say, hey, we want to get trained. And three, you get the new gun person that just bought a gun. Hey, I, I want I need to learn how to shoot. And Rod, can, can you teach me? And, you know, I, I'll tell you this, um, John, the one thing that I, I have to be cognizant of when I'm teaching my class and I look at a lot of instructors, and I take a little bit from each instructor. Yeah, I pilfer, you know. Everyone um, does.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. way, that's the way you do. And,
2: yeah, exactly. So you know, but the one thing that my—if you look at my uh, ratings—I always try to keep a, a five-star rating, okay? Uh, because of the fact that you have to understand. Uh, the different type of people you have to understand your clientele. Uh, I'm gonna let you and whoever's listening to this podcast uh, know that I am really an introvert, but I will tell you that being an instructor has really cured me of that. It's, be, it's actually forced me to become an extrovert. Uh, you know, there will be times like people would be uh, getting out their car and I would kind of wait for them to kind of start a conversation, you know, and I said, you know what? No, they're coming to me for a a service. I have to meet them at their car. We know arms open, smiling, glad to meet them motivating them, because a lot of these people, when they come, they've never been to a gun range before. Uh, They're hearing all these different guns going off in the the background at at the different ranges, and they are unsure of themselves. I have to make sure that, hey, I am calming them down, uh, because if I can't get them to concentrate on what I'm teaching them, if they're concentrating on everything else around them, then I'm not being an effective firearms instructor. So, you know i've learned to you know to do certain things you know calm them down always have a smile on my face reassuring them that hey you know what we're going to have fun we're going to have a good time yet we're going to do it safely and i'm going to tell you 99% of the time when someone takes my class they then leave with a big smile on their face they're saying man we never knew you know how much you know, fun and how much time this take for us to be able to do this. And I thank you for your service. That makes me feel better than anything. You know, also when I asked them, I said, Hey, look, uh, if you want to help the next person that comes behind you, please go to Google, put on there what you think of my, me as an instructor, my company. Uh, And at that point, you know, I'm at the at the computer waiting for them to, you know, to, to post something. Cause I want to know how I did. And I said, and I tell them, I say, Hey, look, if I was a butthole, if I, if you didn't feel like, you know, you, uh, had, you, you know, spent the money that you wasted, your money coming to me, let me know that, you know, because if you don't let me know that I won't know, you know, I need you to be brutally honest with me. So, you know, and uh, I'm going to say, I only maybe spend maybe 10% of my budget on marketing. Um, 75% of my clientele comes from word of mouth. Okay. A lot of other instructors here in Jacksonville, they ask me, they say, man, you're always packed with clients. How do you do it? And I'm like, man, it's word of mouth, you know, word of mouth. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's the greatest way to grow. Um, another question I have for you is uh, when people come to your class, uh, you teach more than just static range, right? You yeah, yeah I do. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of people who've never been off of flat range? And flat range is just going you know, to you go to the shooting range. You just go shoot. You don't move around or anything like that. What's, when people experience that, what... After only being on flat ranges, what is what what, what is the feedback do you get from them?
2: Okay, so really, they don't really even know that that's going to happen. Uh, I actually don't tell them that. Uh, I start my class off really slow. So what we start off is we may start off at what uh, a, a good self defense uh, yardage, maybe three to five yards. I'm building their confidence up. Okay. Then once they shot a couple of bullseyes and they're feeling themselves, then we go back a little bit. Then after that, what we do is this. Then I, I have a uh, my three cones. Those three cones are the deadly cones because then we start going to shooting and moving. You know, we do de- defensive tactics. And these are brand new people that are coming to my class and they're doing, you know, uh, shooting the move type drills, uh, defensive tactics, uh, shooting uh, from retention. You know, they're doing all of that because keep in mind now we're a, I have to do that all in 50 rounds. So my basic pistol class, we do all of that in 50 rounds. So that means every single round that leaves that firearm, it has to be a quality round. Okay, It has to be a quality rep, just like in the football world. When they practice, they have to have quality reps in order to have a good practice. So by the time we actually get finished, at that point, then they're like, "Okay, I give them just enough uh, for them to want a little more." So what they'll do is this: those that don't have that gun, they will then come back to me again. Now you're talking about repeat business. They'll come back to me again. What I will not do is do exactly the same thing they did the first time. Um, I had a guy over the uh, the weekend. We were actually in the rain, which is um, to all you firearms instructors out here, out there. I implore you to do that at least once. Uh, I mean, we had a pouring down monsoon rain. Okay. Um, You know, I'm doing defensive tactics drills with uh, the gentleman at the range and, you know, He was like, he was unsure at first. He was like, Man, I never shot in the rain. My hands are going to get wet. I'm like, No, forget that. I said, Hey, out there on the streets, you do not control the weather. Mother Nature does. You don't control when the bad guy is going to come and try to get you. So you need to be prepared at all costs and in all weather. Uh, So we went out there. He was, now I will tell you this, he was dead tired after my class because what I did was this. I'm like a, offensive coordinator, uh, I can draw up different, uh, training exercises at the, at the snap of a thumb. Okay. So now I'm older now, I can't remember them all. Uh, so what I'll do is this, I'll, uh, put them in my computer, uh, print out the, um, the, uh, sheet and then go ahead and say, Hey, you know what? We're doing this now. We're doing this now. So you know, it was always a good thing for us to be able to um, to go out there and you know do some drills. Um, that guy, matter of fact, right before the podcast today, um, he hit me up and said, "Hey, man, um, I, I went ahead and put your um, your uh, uh, your uh, information in Google on your review." I'm like, and I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yes. So that guy, that same guy, said, "Hey." Can I come back for even a more advanced class? I said, hey, you know what? You know that I got about 15 to 20 drills that I'm going to take you through. And, and then at that point, he's like, man, I can't wait to come again. So I said, hey, you know, sign up. Go to the, you know, the web page, you know where to sign up at.
1: Yeah, that that is pretty cool. I've heard of some instructors using like stuff like ketchup and stuff to simulate blood or, or – <laughs> <Nah. laughs>
2: No, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: are, are making uh, another one thing I used to make uh, is um, how do you how do you rack a slide if uh, if you injure one hand?
2: Oh yeah, one hand manipulation. Yeah. Matter of fact, that that was one that we did um uh on on a Sunday. Uh, but I threw a wrench in it. See, a lot of people do one hand manipulation with their strong hand. Guess what? he did it with yeah. the weekend. Yeah, uh, I said, "Hey, we got to do it with the weekend," and he was like, "Well, how do I do it?" I said, "You do it with you. You do it with the same way you did with your strong hand." I'm like, "I said, look, man, you got five eleven jeans on. I mean, you got to matter of fact. Um, he had a wallet, and it was like one of those George Costanza's wallets, <laughs> and he had it in his uh, front pocket. I said, "Rack it off that damn wallet you got." Now, the, the one thing that I was glad that he did have was a red dot uh red dot sight on his gun. I think he had a H uh, and K uh with a uh five hundred seven uh hollow five hundred seven in it. And I said, man, rack that thing off you of that dog on wallet, rack it off. And we actually do um you know malfunction drills with the uh, uh, the snap caps anyway. So you know, and I said, hey, look, I'm gonna load your gun, your uh, magazine for you. I load it in there, and I'll put those uh, snap caps in there. And I like to get it to where I put the snap cap, the one, the last one before that last round in there. And because they, you know, they're trying to guess all the time, like, okay, when is it coming? When's it coming? And then it finally comes at the end, and then you know, rack it off your, your your leg or your foot or your belt, and hit that last one. Hey, you're done, you know. But um, you know, I kind of felt kind of bad because afterwards, the guy told me he said. He had a uh, stroke back in October. I'm like, I was like, man, you. I said, thank God I had him fill out that uh, that injury waiver because <laughs> I definitely don't want to get blamed for this guy's uh, demise. Uh, but but yeah, man, we we had, that was a really good practice, a really good uh, uh, arrange uh, uh, time. We had a, out there a class that we had out there on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I I really like is like one hand manipulation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another thing that I, I I like is teaching people how to transition from a rifle to a pistol.
2: Mm-hmm. Because yep.
1: you know you shoot, you just don't drop it. You put your hand
0: over.
2: The one thing that I do that's that's the one thing that um, I am limited by on my range. Actually, we can't do a uh, pistol and uh, rifle on the same range unless you have a uh, 22 conversion kit and the majority of I'm gonna say 95% of my clients have little to no experience. So for me to try to teach them that is not really going to be benefit them anything. We got to go all the way back over to the rifle range and we got to learn how to get sighted in. We got to do all of that. But I am doing that this weekend uh, with a guy and his mom, ma- his mother uh, got to get him sighted in because he wants to actually go hunting. He's not looking it for self-defense. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's going to be interesting. And I told him, I said, Hey, look, man, no charge. now. I, I don't believe in charging folks for rifle training classes unless we can do uh at least a one eighty. We're on a one eighty field of you. We're not I'm not gonna charge you to have you sit at a gun bench and just shoot a uh you know a couple of rounds down range. That's that's not doing anything.
1: Yeah. Uh I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. What is the greatest challenge you have with new shooters who've never shot before?
2: Oh, man, that person, there's one that's, uh, I'm not going to say anti-2A, but, uh, in the, you know, I, I'm going to call it what it is. 90% of my clients are African-American. So in the black community, uh, fortunately, we have a different stipulation when it comes to guns than anybody, any most other races, uh, particularly white people. In the black community, we uh, equivalent uh, guns to violence, death, that sort of thing. Um, And I have to show them, hey, look, guns ain't all about getting killed or for self-protection. There are people that come out here to actually have fun. And they're like, well, how can you have fun with a gun? I'm like, it's easy. Look at these people around you with their kids. You know, they're out here having fun. They're doing target practice. They may be um, preparing for two and three gun shooting. In my range, we have um, cowboy action um, competitions out there, uh, like one weekend out of the month. So I'm like, yeah, it, it it all it's not all about somebody trying to kill you or you defending yourselves, you know, which is fine to learn. That's that's good to know, but guns are not all about that. So once I get that past them. And then, normally, that's the same person that doesn't have a gun, and they're coming out to my class, and they use my gun, and, you know, I have a, normally what I'll do is I'll start them off uh, with the uh, Glock 44 or a Smith & Wesson 22, and what we'll do is we'll go to the drills. I mean, hell, you got to understand, ammo is expensive out there, you know. Now, if you want to bring your own gun and bring your own ammo, hey, buy Hey, do it! You know we can still do some good. Ex- get some good training in, but you know the main thing is that you know I try to take those folks that were either anti-gun or on the uh, the line, you know, straddling the line, and I try to bring them over to our side. You know, I just don't teach. I try to convert. You know, and those that take my uh, uh, concealed weapons class, they know. Uh, and I put them in different, I give them different scenarios, like Kyle uh, Rittenhouse. Uh, and first thing they say, oh, he's guilty. Uh, man, he, he's going to get the uh, the, uh, the book thrown out. He should go to jail forever. You know, I'm like, well, what if I could tell you, show you that, that there's a good possibility that he won't go to jail. And that as a matter of fact, um, what he did was, uh, self-defense and I'm like, well, how are you able to do that? So, you know what I got on my favorites list, Coleon's, uh, Noir's video where he actually breaks down the whole situation. And I'm like, you know what? You can't go by what the news says or what the crowd says. You have to be right there and see for yourselves. And through technology, we were able to see, and I and I still say I don't think he's going to he's going to jail. Now I'm like cooling on the war. Hey, should any of them ever have been out there? No, none of them should have been out there because of the fact that for one, um, this uh, they were they had a uh, some type of uh, what was it a um, uh, a law or something where they couldn't actually be out there at night a curfew. Uh, so they were not supposed to be out there. None of them. Uh, but you know, sometimes trouble follows you whenever you try to do good things. So, you know, my, my biggest thing is trying to convert them, you know, from being anti gay But, you know, again, I'll say 95% of the people that I teach are inherently Democrat. So, you know, trying to teach a Democrat, uh, person, a hardcore leftist, uh, about firearms, I mean, it can happen. Hey, you know, I mean, just because you're Democrat doesn't mean you have to be anti-gun. Okay. Um, You know, and just like, I know plenty of Republicans that are anti-gun, you know, so Mm -hmm. my, my, you know, I'm, I'm right there in the middle. I I actually uh, vacated the democratic party about, oh about maybe four, maybe five years ago. And I kind of, got to the point where I'm right there in the middle because there's a part of me that is left, all right? But there's also a part of me that is conservative, you know? So, and what I try to do is this. I mean, I'm one of those realists. If you tell me that every single, that you agree with every single thing that the Democrats do, no matter what, that you're lying. Just like if somebody tells me, on the uh, Republican side, if you agree with everything, single thing that Republicans do, that's that's that's, that's impossible. You're lying to yourselves. Nobody is going to agree with every 100 percent, every single thing that a whole party does. OK, you have to pick and choose what benefits you. And that's and I'm not trying to get political here, but, you know, I tell anybody pick and choose what benefits you. Hey, when mm-hmm. you, you may you may want to uh, vote Republican. The other year you may want to vote, you know, Democrat. You got
1: to be a free agent.
2: I, yeah, I'm a free. I, I'm a man. I I'm more than a free agent. I'm a uh, a mercenary when it comes to politics. So whatever benefits me, I am you know going to go that way.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the way that that should be. Uh, have you had any issues with like the ammo shortage holding classes?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I had to get in, uh, like I say, my class, normally we would shoot, I would say the beginning class about maybe 200 rounds. Now, I mean, I'm forced to go into 50 rounds and we got to do 22 uh, long rifle if that person doesn't go ahead and bring their own ammo. Now, I welcome them to bring their own ammo. Hey, you want to bring your own ammo? You want to spend your money and you want to be able to do that? Hey, hey we can do the more the, the more ammo the better, you know, but I let them know that we have a minimum of 50 rounds. And, you know, we have to do that. But you know, the one thing, another thing that I've learned um is that self-defense comes in all different shapes, colors, uh nationalities. Man, I've done I've had NFL players come. I had a uh a judge, I've had um TV, uh uh, my, matter of fact, I, one of our major uh, evening anchors, night TV anchors here, you know, took a class with me. Uh, I've had I have uh, single moms, uh, single dads, married couples. I've even had a birthday party on the range. Can you believe that? I had a uh, it was about maybe six young ladies and they wanted to celebrate a birthday for one of the young ladies and they, I went ahead and went to the Dollar Tree and got all the little decorations balloons and everything they come out to the range it looks like a damn birthday party you know and hey, I said hey you know we went over our safety um, information and we actually went out there and started shooting and had a good time and um, those ladies loved that it was a group of attorneys and they they, they loved it
1: yeah I mean I had uh a group of um, authority come, come out one time and take one of my classes.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And yep. I had, uh, I had the sisters of uh, Alpha, 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 Zeta, Phi, Beta, Delta, Sigma, Theta. Uh, they've all came and, and and done, you know, classes with me because at this point, because of COVID they're forbidden from having um, um, sanctioned uh, meetings with each other. So, what they were able to do is to go ahead and fraternize by at the gun range in an unsanctioned event.
1: Yeah. uh, It's one of those things. Have COVID hurt you at all? Your business? No.
2: no. COVID has actually been a blessing. Ah, That's what I'm
1: hearing from everyone.
2: (laughs) Man. I mean, I tell anybody, I say, Hey, you know, first and foremost, I've lost friends, people that I know to COVID. And what I don't want to do is, uh, have glory in you know their death, uh, but if there is a a silver lining, you know to anything, it's because of the fact that it's allowed me to grow. I would say three hundred percent, you know, from where I was the year previously, you know, and it's like it's like it's it, it's continuing to grow, grow. I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing. I'm growing, and it's like, man, you know, I mean, actually. I'm going to tell you this, John, the funny thing, um, I had planned on last year, um, from black, from, uh, Thanksgiving weekend all the way to the end of the year, I was just going to take off. And I will tell you, I had people in an uproar with the fact that I did that. I opened up those slots available, man, they filled up in about a half a day. Okay. And it was like, wow, I'm really, you know, that's when it kind of hit me like, okay, you're you're more important. You're more than a businessman. You have a lot of important people that depend on you that are out there that are generally either afraid or they need that training. You know, and I'm like, man, okay, I'm here for you guys. And, you know, right now I'm. I'm actually. I, I'm trying to decide when I need want to take a vacation like you did last week. And, I, uh, it,
1: you know you know what, how much of a vacation that was. I was on yeah, Hank Strange really show, and Hank Strange, I uh, said I'm going to take a vacation. I'm not going to do anything but relax. Blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he and he was like, "Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, right." <laughs> and
1: uh, he jinxed me.
2: Yeah, because then uh, that's when Biden came over with the uh, executive orders, right? Yeah, then that was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah. Must've,
1: he must have waited for me to uh go on vacation just to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah Sleepy Jill said, Yep, yeah, John's on vacation, let's ruin it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I ended up on eight conference calls and lines for like rides. But you know, there's a lot of rides, so
2: Oh yeah, 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 definitely. You're gonna spend some time waiting in those lines unless you get fast pass.
1: Yeah, they don't have fast pass anymore.
2: Oh, that's right, they don't. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They did stop Fast fast with the uh, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> well, at least you got the, the, the uh, you had the Disney app to see which uh, rides were you know the quickest to get on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that was good. Um, yeah. So I didn't really get to take much of a vacation. One day I I've been trying for five years.
2: Oh man, you got to you got to take a vacation, man. i my daughter. Actually, you know what? I will say this. I lied. My daughter is coming here from Atlanta. She's flying down. 26 years old. Um, uh, got her uh, graduate uh, degree and, you know, in the work field, you know, doing paying her own bills, you know, as her own place. And she said, Dad, I want to come down and spend father's day with you. So I said, well, you coming down here to spend Father's Day with me, we're going to do what I want to do, right? She said, oh, yeah. I said, well, so, you know, it's two things that we're going to do. She said, uh, we're going to go shoot, you know, and just to let you guys know, I, I bought my daughter her gun uh, when she turned 23 uh, because I knew I wasn't going to be up there to be able to protect her. Uh, and also, uh, she's got a uh, Georgia concealed carry permit. And so she's legally can shoot can shoot with the best of them. Um, so I, I said, "Hey, we're gonna go do uh, a half a day at the range. Uh, the next day on Father's Day, we are actually going deep sea fishing."
1: Oh, that's nice.
2: So, yeah, she now I would tell you, um, she, I had her actually fishing. When I mean, if you look at her, you wouldn't think that she was a fisherman. You know, she's the you know the pretty girl you know type. But I had her actually fishing at three years old. And uh, this will be her first time going deep sea fishing. So I'm kind of worried whether or not she's going to get seasick and stuff like that. So uh, I got time, you know, for her to uh, for me to go in and get some uh, Dramamine and, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I let her know, hey, look, you're not going to be able to talk on your phone uh, while you're out there in the middle of the ocean, because we normally go about. 20-25 miles off the ocean You're not going to see any land You know all we're going to be doing is Fishing the whole time And she's like hey I'm down I'm like okay cool
1: Yeah, That is cool I can't fish You can't why not Uh I'm allergic to fish You don't have to eat them uh, I can't touch them Oh, you can't even touch them! Oh, yeah. wow, that is the well, like what am I gonna do? <laughs> so, oh, okay. touch um, we, got a, we got a question from the audience. Uh, what's your What's your opinion on uh, certified instructors versus non-certified instructors?
2: You know, I, actually, I have a great opinion. I was one. <laughs> I was a non-certified instructor for years, uh, and then uh, you know, like I said, um, I went ahead and. Uh, got my uh, certification from the NRA. Uh, now, am I a different person? I mean, to be honest with you, and, I, and I'm a range safety officer also, I'm a, uh, a RSO. Honestly, because I was in the military, I mean, and I've been shooting for well over 30 years, there wasn't really anything new except for maybe a, a, a little thing here and there that I didn't know, you know, previously, but, you know. Yeah. I believe that you need to, you should get your certification
1: okay? Yeah, yeah I mean, as a business person.
2: Yeah. As a business person, you should get it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It just makes sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like, you know, can you drive a car? Are you able to physically drive a car without insurance? Well, yeah, you can drive a car without insurance, but you want to have the insurance in case something happens. So same thing goes with, the uh, you know, being a certified instructor, you know, I mean, Like I say, I I went through military police school. I mean, that was difficult in itself, you know. But I will say that um, once I became a a certified instructor, you know, at that point, you then, you know, nobody can really tell you that, hey, you're not qualified, okay? I'll tell you this um, the only thing that kept me from being a certified instructor is me wanting to pay. like the seven eight hundred dollars for the certification here in Florida, you know, um, you know. But once I say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and pay that. Let's get it out of the way. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're good now. Yeah, that
1: that that is one thing that I did. It's it's not really about it's going to change the way you think or they're going to teach you any type of like hoodoo voodoo things. But it does yeah. give you like a, more of like a credibility, of, yeah, air of legitimacy. Um, yeah. And not everyone can become a certified instructor because Voda got his certification taken away.
2: Man, that... <laughs> what do you think of yeah. Boda? Oh, man. That, you know, I, I don't tell anybody this. Okay. Uh, some of the things that he was doing, I had no issue with. If, if you were on the type, the, the type of, the right type of range and two if you don't have beginners doing that crap. Now, if you got a Green Beret doing some of those things, that's fine, or oh, Navy SEAL. Hey, that's fine. But a lot of the things that he was doing were for beginners. I'm like, why are you having beginning people do this? This is why. That, that makes no sense. And then also, I'm like, hey, if you're going to do crazy stuff like that, why are you taping it? But you know why he taped it? Because he thought it was right, which he wasn't, you know? So, you know, guys like that hurt the um, the firearm community uh, in a whole and also it does hurt black firearm instructors as well because you know, the, the natural thing for everybody to think, oh man, he must be like Voda. No, I'm not like voter. Well, are you, matter of fact.
1: Think, you think people get you confused with Voda?
2: No, no, I would hope not. I'm just joking. No, I would hope nobody does, but you know, one thing that I did learn um, when I was in the military is safety first. You know, I didn't, I, I, I understood it, but I really didn't understand it until I became an instructor myself. And I'm like, oh, okay, because you see guys at the range and they're doing all kind of crazy stuff that, you know, they would get, you know, yelled at and screamed at in the military, you know. You know, just different mannerisms, you know, and I tell anybody, hey, look, um, you know, keep the gun pointing uh, down range. You know, even in in my class, I will stop a class. I will, you know, lightly yell at a client if they point a loaded weapon at me with their finger on the trigger. And it has happened. OK, is that matter of fact, I can say it probably has happened maybe six or seven times. Okay. Whereas they'll shoot and then they'll turn toward me with the gun. Hey, how did I do? What are you do? You know, and the inner drill sergeant in me or drill instructor in me wants to come out, but, you know, I know that, Hey, you know, these people paying me. I can't yell at them like that, but I can not correct them. So that's the, you know, a couple of things that, um, that, you know, normally that I will, uh go against. And, you know, you gotta think there have been, Plenty instructors that have gotten killed. This is a dangerous job. Don't think you're gonna come out here and feel that, hey, this job is like, you know, all honky dory. No, this is a dangerous job. Yeah. Um the moment you, you forget you about, the yeah, you forget you about safety. Killed.
1: The moment you forget yeah. about safety is the moment when someone gets hurt.
2: Exactly. You gotta remember those four rules.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, not I mean, too many people forget those four rules.
2: Yeah. Yeah, or they don't respect them. Yeah. You know, you know. I don't, mean, every everybody thinks that, you know, that's got maybe more than five years of experience in, in handling firearms that, hey, you know, you can't tell me what to do about safety. Yeah, you can always learn. Yeah, uh,
1: you, you don't have to be afraid of the firearm, but you should definitely respect the firearm. Exactly,
2: exactly. I make my, you know what, John, I make my clients kiss their gun before they shoot it. Oh yeah, that's kind of weird. Well, it, well, guess what? Think about Elizabeth to the Madness. A lot of new gun owners are afraid of that gun. But guess what? If you kiss that gun and give it a name, you're probably less <laughs> apt to be afraid of it. It works, trust me.
1: I've never tried that.
2: <laughs> Try it. Try it on somebody new. Say, hey, I want you to kiss it. Now you don't have to tongue them, you know, like you on the oh, first date. Holy crap! You know? but kiss the gun, give them like a little smack and name it, you know? And once they do that, they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I like this, you know?
1: All right. Uh, that's kind of (laughs) weird.
2: Yeah, now you're gonna it. have. A, why aren't you gonna have all these instructors around right here having their folks kiss guns and stuff? You know, yeah, I you think that's why.
1: I, I think that's why you said it just to get other people to do it. Then you can be like, man, don't take it from those guys because they're weird. They have you kiss the guns.
2: <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, 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 hey, I can the phrase Kiss your gun, name it.
1: <laughs> uh Chris you Make wants to know what are some good choices for certifications.
2: Now, are I mean, it depends on what they mean like, by certification. like, like right. what,
1: what, like, I think he wants to get uh, firearms instructor certification. Which certification should he get? NRA, uh,
2: USCCA, you know what? Um, tomato, tomato. Um, I got good friends of mine that have gone through USCCA. Uh, of course, I'm an NRA instructor. Um, is there a difference when it comes when we get on the range? No, it ain't okay. They do things a little bit different, but they, we all end up at one point. Uh, and I will tell you this though: uh, I didn't know this, but let's say if you screw up as a NRA instructor, guess who the NRA is calling uh, to tell you what happened with th- that person? They're calling USCCA, okay, and vice versa. Those two. You know, they're not in competition with each other when it comes to the uh, instructor part. They will share information. Hey, this guy just want to let you know this guy did this. And from what I've been told, uh, if you screwed up with one, the other one would not uh, accept you. So
1: is you know. not going to be able to go to USCCA
2: Voter may, he might be able to get in with the uh, NAGA, National uh, <laughs> African American Gun uh, Association. He may be able to get on with them. Hey, I, I'm not saying that to be little NAGA. Uh, but, you know, you know, to be honest with you, a dude like that, he probably don't even care about having certification. Uh, you know, he 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 probably wants to go out there and just teach folks, you know, the, the incorrect way, you know. But th- that that's you know, I got a of uh, saying. Hey, a man that's not willing to learn is a man that's ignorant. You know.
1: Yeah, uh, that that is definitely interesting. How do you stay in business?
2: I mean, you. I mean, think about this. Um, <laughs> think about those uh, biker chicks that like guys that um, are that are criminals. But and you ask yourself, Why, what is she seeing him? You know, you have people that are drawn to that type of person. You know, he has that personality that draws people to him. Uh, but those people, un- unfortunately, put their lives at risk uh, or in their health at ha- uh, their health in harm's way. And that's the one thing that I'm unwilling to do. I will not put your uh, health in harm's way in any of my classes. Uh, I got a saying: There's no one that. Um, ever taken my class that uh, lost a, a drop of blood, you know? So you may have a slide bite here and there, you know, but that's about the most of it.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, that is been an hour, man. That went by really fast. Man, it went by real fast. Yeah, that, it's been real fun. Uh, hold on for one second. I'm going to give you the final word in one second. I just want to tell everyone out there, remember to sponsor our sponsors. And also go to Crumpy.com for the latest stuff. Check out my news channel at John Crump News on YouTube. Uh, go to Gunners of America, Ammo Land, all those good sites and with that said, I'm going to kick it over to Rod Mills for the final word and hey, I'll put up your website as well.
2: Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, if you're in the uh, the northeast Florida area and you need to get some good quality training, go to Uh I'm on all of the major um, outlets. I'm on... Uh, you know what? Let me, I got my business card here. I, I forget sometimes I'm on uh Facebook. <laughs> I'm on uh Twitter at Scorch Earth F a, and I'm on Instagram at Scorch underscore Earth underscore firearms. And if you want to um, send me an email, if you got some questions, email me at Scorch Earth Firearms training at Yahoo.com.
1: All right. That works for me. With that said, we are out of here uh, tomorrow. There's no show. I'm going to be on the civil rights lawyer. You can also check Rod Mills out. He does Hank Strange show all the time, um, but he doesn't like me. So first time i have <laughs> ever been on 189 episodes, and this is the first time. <laughs> all right.
2: It won't be the last. It won't be the last. Trust me. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully we'll be able to talk, um, you know, uh, somewhere around NRA time. All right? Are you going to NRA? I am.
1: I don't think I'm gonna be going. Um Oh man. Too much going on, man. Are you going due to do the I V eighty eight eighty eight
2: shoot? I haven't been invited, so I doubt oh. it.
1: Oh. Alright. John Crump.
2: A black swan well,
1: meet sorry, hit with the that I hit the button a little bit too. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll catch up uh we'll yeah. catch up somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I mean, you know with the NRA man, you know. It ain't all about just going to the meetings, man. You know, you do get a chance to meet all the the manufacturers and stuff like that. Now,
1: yeah, yeah, it's just uh, that's
2: why I go. I don't go for the political stuff. I, I think, go to meet.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, I just have too much stuff going on around that time.
2: Oh, okay, I got you. I got uh, you. Uh,
1: just not enough time. All right, uh, Christian makes us hope to see you again, and I'm sure we will. All right, with that said, we are out of here. I'm going to drop us both out and then I am going to play the outro. So you guys have fun.
2: You've been watching Fireside Chats with John Crump, a Black Swan Media Group production. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Tune in every week for a conversation with the difference makers in the world.